the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmett. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The Tuesday edition, the uh, post-Memorial Day edition. Kath, good to see you. You know, it's a wonderful day because it's Hamburger Day. National Hamburger Day? National Hamburger Day occurs, John, the day after Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Is there leftovers? I think because you've got leftovers. Yeah. It's it's certainly the association with Memorial Day, but you'd think it would be – I guess they don't want to crowd into Memorial Day because it's such an important holiday sure. for self-evident reasons. Did you do a burger yesterday? I did. You did? I now, did. You you come from a vegan household. We do. Not a vegan. No. No, no. A vegetarian household. Vegetarian. Well, really a pescatarian household because there's a lot of fish. It's confusing. There's a lot of fish being eaten. Oh, is there's it? just There's just no meat or chicken or any of that stuff being eaten. But not, yesterday. Not because we don't want to, only because of, you know my husband has health issues and we can't do it. Memorial Day, we made an exception. Not for him. He, you know, he had the old salmon burger. Yeah, but the rest of us in the family uh, we fired ate, up the grill. We ate beef. Nice. It was delicious. Uh-huh. I did not have a burger yesterday. I had ribs. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm not going to feel badly for no. you. All of a sudden, for a minute. Oh no, no. I had pity, but went to a buddy's house. We were serving ribs. How was that? Excellent. Of course, yeah. they were excellent. Barbecued ribs. Fabulous. I got my smoker out yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was very happy to have the Traeger back nice, out nice. in operation. Okay, so when you go to get a burger, let's just say, let's keep it real simple. Um, I remember years ago, like when Wendy's first came on the scene. Wendy's was like the first fast food restaurant you could order as you want. Oh, sure. Despite the burger, right? Complaint. Only, only with pickle and mayo, right? Or you know. So what do you? What's your burger of choice? Your toppings on your burger. Toppings of choice mm-hmm. are always the same. I am very easily pleased. Mm-hmm. Which is cheddar cheese and bacon. No pickle. No, no lettuce. Pickle. No tomato. No. What? I don't need any of that. What? Now, if you're going to put it there, ketchup. I'll accept it. And there's always ketchup. I, I didn't even feel like I had to say that. I oh, mean, no, that, no, that's no, understood. No, no, no. Some people don't want ketchup. Oh, okay. Well, let me just say ketchup. Over and above anything else. That's first. First, and then you have the cheddar and bacon. Now, if you want to add lettuce and tomato, I'm fine with it. If you want to put a pickle on there, yes, but I don't need that. But a bacon, see, bacon to me seems a little excessive. It does. It seems a, a little bacon over the top. cheeseburger is one of the great tasty yeah, treats. But I'm like, if you go into like just a, you know, just your regular standard drive-through, you're doing a bacon burger at Wendy's. No. Oh no, no, it. I would never do that. No, never at went. No, never fast food. No, but I'm if I'm going to Tesoro's for oh, a burger, yeah. it's always got to have cheddar and bacon, bacon on it. Bacon cheeseburger. Mm, that's what Don't it is. Yeah. A fast food thing. I mean, I haven't had a fast food burger since Haven't I was you? In, since I was in college. What? No. Really? I'm not going to like Burger King. There's a Burger King nearby. I'm always happy. You know, Burger King has the um, the fastest drive-through rankings of any fast food restaurant. 196 seconds. You order your meal and you're done. I don't think that really recommends it. I like it. No, I feel like that just says that it's been sitting there a long time. <laughs> no. And it's just waiting for you. Like, sometimes I'll do like a fast food drive-through for lunch. Yeah. And boom. 
You're in, you're out. Well, no kidding, because it's go. been sitting there. They cooked no, it two no, hours ago. No, no, they're making it so fast. You boom, don't know boom, that. Boom, 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 you don't boom. know they're making it that fast. That's what I believe. Exactly. That's what you want to believe. So National Hamburger Day. Mm. Now, uh, what now strangely about- enough, I had a burger for lunch. Today? I had a burger yesterday Uh-oh. for lunch. I had a burger today for lunch. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. <sighs> it's been a big 36-hour period for me. <laughs> yeah. I like a burger. Uh, is there a particular like? Are you going high end beef, or are you just yeah. going oh, Gra- yeah. grass fed? <laughs> now I'm not doing grass. Yeah, man. Yes. Yeah, Mike and I are Come doing grass fed. Yes. Yeah, we are. That is so elitist. Yeah, we are. We it are is. elitist. It's so elitist. But here's the thing: if, if you're only like I buy beef probably twice a year. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not elitist then. No, so if I was not. buying grass fed beef every other day, then I'd be elitist, right, yeah, Mike? Yeah. Oh, of course. Thank you. Unfortunately, the grass-fed beef has gone down, though. Mm. Oh. The price, the price, yeah, the price gone has gone down. Oh, I was surprised I it was like when I saw crab grass. No, no, uh, no, beef. no. Fed beef. No, it is it, first. It's it, just it's it's better for the cow. It is. It's better for the environment. What's and it the deal? Is better for you. And it's delicious. It seems bogus to me. The whole it's thing not. seems kind of like it's rigged. It's really not. It's probably like the same thing as grass-fed as opposed to like just regular beef. No, because no. Well, no, there are federal regulations on what you can call grass-fed. Yeah, well, there's I ways tell, around that. I can tell the difference when my wife eats a, re- a grass-fed burger or a whole grain burger. Wait, does she look different? No. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If I tell her that, if you Hey, babe, you're looking pretty big there. You know? <laughs> oh, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, that would not work. Story. Yeah. No, she... she um, it messes her up. Oh. Like, her she's digest- delicate. Yeah, it, it messes her stomach mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And she's just like... I'm happy. Unhappy. But John has a cast iron digestive mm-hmm. tract. Apparently. Bring it on. I don't care. What the heck the you guys? The stomach of a goat. This is America. America. <laughs> anyway, na- happy National Hamburger happy, Day. I'm going to have a burger today. Just be- I think I kind of need one just to celebrate. I think you should. Yeah. I think, th- And you've got to get the char on the outside. Like the burger I had today was much better than the one I made yesterday. Why is that? Because I had the grill hot enough. Uh-huh. Yesterday I put the burgers on too soon uh-huh. and there wasn't enough of a char. You sear that I mean, plate. it was good, but it wasn't as good. Yeah. It wasn't good enough. Uh-huh. The one today I feel very good about. All right. Mm-hmm. Happy National Burger Happy Day. Happy National Burger Day. All right. Hey, we got a big show for you today. We sure do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk in the next hour about the strange reemergence of the flat earth theory. <laughs> Who's causing that to reemerge? Uh, everything's on the Aren't table nowadays, weird? isn't it? People are weird. Everything is. We're also going to uh, welcome our friend Ralph Crew, the program development coordinator from the Carnegie Science Center, mm-hmm. one of our most popular guests at the bottom of the five o'clock hour. But for now, this week in the nation's capital is up next with White House correspondent for SRN News, our friend Greg Clugston. Are you getting close to retirement? Have you experienced a nice bump in your portfolio? Well, we know that the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Now, Todd Marley and the experts at Marley can help you design a retirement plan that's bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure you have a retirement that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, And speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle them too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. So call today for no obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Give them a call now at 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 or visit them online at marleyfg.com. 
101.5 WORD. Dr. Michael Youssef. What do we do when we see a wholesale departure from biblical frame of reference, even on the part of the mainline church? We have only one option, and it is we are compelled to uphold the truth and never budge to the pressure of culture. Passionately proclaiming uncompromised truth here on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation, giving from the heart. Chris Tomlin is unveiling the song Good Good Father. Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. In a room full of Christian music broadcasters, two elderly black women will stand out. It's Ladies Night Out June 21st at the Bible Chapel. My mom and them have begun to do what I call a Baptocostal rock. Hey! They didn't know whether to watch Chris Tomlin or Aretha Franklin and Patti LaBelle singing in the back. Get early bird admission through May 31st at wordfm.com. Every week we start off with the White House. Greg Clarkston joins us from the White House, where he is reporting on today's activities with President Trump. Greg, welcome back. Happy Memorial Day to you. Hope it was relaxing for you. Thank you very much. Hello, John and Kathy. Good to be back. Hello, Greg. Do you have any commentary before we start, Greg, on National Hamburger Day? Are you a burger fan? I am a burger fan, yes. Mm -hmm. And did you enjoy one yesterday for Memorial Day? You know, we didn't end, we had some friends over. We did not end up doing burgers, but there were some hot dogs around. But I always love a good burger. Yeah, it's not National Hot Dog Day, though. That's the problem. (laughs) I, well, you know, if you had told me before the weekend, I might have made uh, a different point. Right, well, we're we're actually not sure. We know it's connected to Memorial Day. That's why they do the National Burger Day the week, the day after. So maybe it's just like a leftover type of thing. So you could snag some on your way home, Greg. I definitely smelled some of my neighbor's mm. hamburgers growing. Oh, so does that count? Or I don't know. No, it doesn't. No. Secondhand okay. whiff is just not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how you celebrate a national day with a secondhand whiff. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay, so the president, Greg, has been uh, spending time in um, Japan. He's uh, really sort of been uh, feted, hasn't he? Uh, sumo wrestling, big banquets, um, lots of really uh, grand events happening. Yes, it was a four-day trip to Japan. The president and the first lady just got back here to Washington a couple of hours ago, so the trip is officially over. But, uh, you know, he'd been traveling traveling the last 16 or 18 hours uh, after leaving Tokyo. But you're right, it was a variety of events and activities that were on the calendar for this for the itinerary for the trip. So the president, first of all, has a very good personal relationship with the prime minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe, and they enjoy playing golf. They had played golf on previous occasions, so they went out golfing. They had, speaking of burgers, they had cheeseburgers Mm. for lunch at the golf course, 
and uh, you know, you know, Abe knows how to you know go right you know to the sweet spot there for Donald Trump. <laughs> and then they uh, went to a sumo wrestling tournament, and I the president this. brought along a sixty-pound trophy to present, which he called the uh, the president's trophy from the United States. Uh, so there was talk about you know uh, in, uh, diplomacy and North Korea and trade and some other issues, but there were a lot of ceremonial events in addition to meeting the brand new emperor of Japan. No, wait. it was a state visit. So, Greg, what's the deal? I, I did not know the United States had a sumo wrestling trophy to hand out. I believe this is the inaugural trophy. Mm. So this, mm-hmm. uh, we'll be hearing about it for years to come. It's funny because the president said something to the effect of, as he was presenting it, that he would hope that this trophy would be around or would be remembered for, I think he said, hundreds of years or at least, you know, for many decades to come. Really? So okay. I don't know if it'll become an annual event, but it happened this past weekend. 60 pounds is kind of like the Stanley Cup in a way. It's a big one, yeah. I don't know if it stands quite as tall as uh, the Stanley Cup, but 60 pounds is pretty hefty. Good grief. <laughs> I like it's it. It's bigger than my soccer trophy I got when I was a kid. <laughs> I bet it is. Everybody gets a soccer the trophy. Ki- the kind of news you didn't expect. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, Donald Trump kind of taking sides. So he is agreeing with uh, North Korea's Kim Jong-un in his attacks on Democratic uh, opponent Joe Biden. Yeah, this was interesting because, as as you know, and we've discussed, there have been some recent missile activity by the North Korean government, and the president was asked about this, and he said that he doesn't personally feel bothered by the most recent activity, which involves short missile activity, essentially because it's not affecting, you know, you know, uh, reaching the United States, for example, with short range. However. The host country where he made these comments, Japan, is in that range of short missiles. And obviously the Japanese prime minister took a different view. What's probably notable is not a difference between the Japanese prime minister and the president, but the president and his own national security advisor, because it was John Bolton who said, along with the Japanese prime minister, that this activity by North Korea was violating violating U.N. Security Council resolutions but the president essentially brushed it aside. Wow. Okay, so then you're at odds with your national security advisor in a way, right? The two are loggerheads. Does this mean anything diplomatically? It's hard to know. The president is still holding out hope, of course, that he can reach a deal with Kim Jong-un in terms of denuclearizing the Korean Peninsula, stopping that country from developing a nuclear weapons program. Uh, and so they've had two summits. Uh, they've not yet come to any agreement. It's been at sort of a stalemate in terms of the the ongoing negotiations with North Korea. So the president still says he's hopeful, and that's perhaps one reason why he's not wanting to lash out mm-hmm. at um, at Kim Jong Un right now because he doesn't want to, you know, perhaps ruin any chance of making some progress in this area. Greg, talk about the feeling around the White House. I don't know if there's anything that you can ascertain, because I guess I'm not looking for official statements, but how people th- are thinking about the president and his negotiating tactics with, with leaders like Kim Jong-un. I mean, it's, it's certainly unconventional, but he has shown a capacity to talk, in a, as he says, in a different way than any other president has in the past and get some no-nonsense results. So uh, what's the environment around the White House like about that? 
My sense on that is that people may fall into maybe one of two camps, or maybe it's sort of a, a hybrid. But one would be that this president is is taking some some chances, and it's not necessarily a bad thing that he is willing to negotiate and sit down and talk with adversaries that the United States in the past has been hesitant to do that with. And the reason why some people may feel that this is a positive is because they look at the track record of the previous administrations and they don't see any progress. So they're, they're willing to say, hey, maybe we should give this style or approach a chance to work. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, um, I would say there are some people that are concerned that the president um, it, will, will side with someone like Kim Jong-un, who is known as a dictator, as brutal, um, accused of, you know, having a lot of people in his country suffer under his regime, whether it's through food shortages or other forms of uh, persecution. And so there's a, there's a mixed bag there for people. So my, my sense is you can, you can have actually a feeling in both of those uh, directions, mm-hmm. but I, I sort of put it in those two different areas. Yeah, so it's similar to just the American populace. I think so, and you know, and the president has been um, w- would be in the same category in dealing with Vladimir Putin, for example, or even China with its human rights violations, but obviously an important trading partner. So you have these complex and complicated relationships with other countries where trade and national security issues are very important, yet at the same time we may have serious problems or qualms about how they deal with religious persecution and political freedom and that kind of thing. I see. So, Greg, generally, though, there are people, right, working national security, and these are teams of people who spend their days, their jobs, intersecting with foreign governments and those teams on the other side, so to speak, the other side of different countries, and and they're laying groundwork, or there are relationships already in place, and there's this back and forth. And then the president sort of comes in as his own man or as a lone wolf and operates outside that. So there's not, you know, they are not in concert, I guess, is what I'm saying. Sure. And we've seen that really from the very beginning of the Trump presidency, his time in office the last two plus years, where he has had this more go it alone approach with his outsized personality and his wanting to, you know, be the, the, the main person doing the uh, negotiating and sitting down and all the rest. And so obviously that had been done in previous administrations at a much greater level by, for example, staff and employees at the State Department, areas of specialty where, um, you know, these individuals are working with key regions around the world. And, and so their strategies are developed at the State Department, and often then the president would carry out the strategies of the administration. And this president has kind of turned that, you know, that formula on its head a little bit. And so I'm sure there are many people at the State Department who um, don't know what to think of this new approach because it's uh, it's not only perhaps just different for them, but they also might see it as uh, as maybe not very helpful mm-hmm. in some ways. Greg Clugston with us, White House correspondent for SRN News. Uh, Greg, it seems like uh, Pete Buttigieg from um, from Indiana is kind of the flavor of the week when it comes to conversation in the Democratic Party as far as their nomination for president. But Joe Biden has a huge lead over everyone else. Talk about how the White House is talking about Joe Biden. Right. Well, President Trump has been focused at the at the top tier candidates of the Democratic Party, and that includes Joe Biden. And Joe Biden, uh, by most account, by most polls, if not all the polls, have him as the front runner right now. And so the president has not only been tweeting about the president, uh, sorry, tweeting about the former vice president, 
but has also uh, been speaking publicly about him. And he was he was asked at a news conference in Japan over the weekend about some remarks that were made by the North Korean leader. Last week, the North Koreans blasted Biden, uh, a series of insults, questioning his intelligence and uh, some, some pretty harsh rhetoric. And the president was asked about that, and he said that he sided with the North Korean dictator in his assessment of Joe Biden, a former vice president of the United States. So the, the, uh, the Biden campaign waited until... Air Force One was on the ground at Andrews Air Force Base uh, this afternoon before responding and essentially said it was beneath the dignity of the office uh, for the president to have those sort of comments, to be on foreign soil on Memorial Day weekend, um, speaking that way about a former U.S. vice president and siding with you know the, the leader or dictator of North Korea. So that's just the very latest stage of the back and forth, and we should probably ex- expect that to keep going because the president obviously sees Biden as a potential threat politically in the re-election, and he's been going after Biden early, and that probably is, is going to be continuing. That's pretty, it is pretty amazing, considering. So uh, I, I wonder, you know, after all the candidates uh, are throwing their hats in the ring, what, what are we looking at now? 10, 15 candidates, and there's Joe Biden, who may oppose Donald Trump in next year's election, both men firmly in their 70s. Uh, any hope that the Democrats would sort of, you know, shake things up with fresh, new, young vigor, whether it's, you know, Elizabeth Warren or whomever, uh, that seems to be by the wayside, at least now, although it's still a long way until the nomination. Yeah, it's been interesting how it's um, it's formulated so far in the early stage of, of the Democratic race. But you're right, you've got Joe Biden at age 77, Bernie Sanders at age 78. Elizabeth Warren um, isn't considered, you know, someone, um, you know, fresh and exciting like somebody like Pete Buttigieg, who's in his late thir- mid to late 30s. And so you've got a number of, of, of older candidates uh, on the Democratic side. But, John, as you point out, it's early. We haven't even had the first round of Democratic primary debates. Sometimes we see movement um, in, in the lineup of poll numbers for candidates based on how they perform uh, in those debates. And then, of course, as the field inevitably is going to be narrowed, I mean, we're at we're over 20. We're 23 or 24 Holy declared heck. candidates right really? now. Holy heck. And I'm not even sure how those debates are going to go here in about a month or so when they have two nights of debates um, and they're going to be having a very large stage of candidates, much like what the Republicans had to deal with in 2015 and 2016, although right. this time it's an even bigger number of people running for the office. Well, the, these I, I remember back when the Republicans were trying to nail down their candidate, and we thought that you know 11 people was a lot to deal with. And 26? Yeah. Holy heck. I mean, good grief. So tell us again, Greg, before you leave us, how how they decide who gets on the podium in a debate. Does it have to do with the number of signatures or the amount of cash? Yeah, there is a formula there, and it primarily has to do with um, getting enough signatures. Okay. And then they're probably going to have to adjust this at some point going forward. When I say they, the, the Democratic Party is essentially, um, you know, the DNC is, is making these decisions on, on what to do. Because what happened is they set a threshold of signatures thinking that it would really, you know, give a, a decent number at the top, a manageable number at the top. But many more candidates actually have already met that um, that criterion, 
And so <laughs> they've, they really need to raise the number of, of signatures right, because right, right, they right. have more people that are going to be on the stage than they know what to deal with. The so. debate's going to look like, remember, Greg, when we were kids, like the celebrity roasts? Like whoever was being roasted was in the middle, and there were like 30 <laughs> people on like a white tablecloth-covered table, and they were all throwing insults. It's if gonna be Sammy like Davis Jr. shows up, we've got it made. <laughs> It could be. Well, you know, it's funny that you say insults because we haven't seen a lot of that. We haven't seen a lot of um, tough campaigning, Democrat versus Democrat. But when we get to the debates, we'll start to see that. And then that will maybe make some differences in how the poll numbers look. It's going to be exciting. Fascinating. I can't wait. Greg, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. Information about Greg at wordfm.com. Take a break. Come back. Reset. Uh, boy, flat earth. Who is talking about the flat earth? We are. What? That's coming up in just a little bit, so stick around. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Have you been denied credit? Are you paying high interest rates because of a low credit score? Join the thousands of people who've relied on creditrepair.com to help rebuild their credit score. I went to get my first car. I had to get a used car, high interest, and so I knew that things were things were done from there. For over 15 years, we've helped thousands with their search for solutions to credit issues. We communicate with you, your creditors, and the credit bureaus with a unique approach designed to remove items like late payments, collections, charge-offs, liens, bankruptcy, and foreclosures that are unfair or inaccurate. And I've gone up 40 points already. There are many services offering to tell you your credit score and even monitor it for you. But what good is just knowing your credit score when what you really need is to fix it? Credit repair members see a significant improvement in their credit scores month after month. Call now to get your no-obligation credit consultation, including your free credit score and free summary credit report. Don't delay. Call 800-859-0720. That's 800-859-0720. 800-859-0720. Hi. I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers. Your jewelers for life. Share, like, comment, tweet. Are these foreign terms to your business? They may not be to your competition and the reason you're losing sales. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hey, Pennsylvania. Need collector car insurance? Only Haggerty has the expertise and passion to protect your car. Quote at Haggerty.com slash east or with your local agent. 
Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. We have a tornado watch in effect until 10 o'clock. Through this evening, there will be damaging thunderstorms in the area. Any storm can cause high wind, large hail, and there's the threat for an isolated tornado or two as well. Late tonight, mainly cloudy, low 65. Clouds and sun for tomorrow with showers and another round of potentially severe thunderstorms during the afternoon and evening. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Saturday afternoon, the milkmaid returned to the spring house. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, how'd that go? Uh, well, first off, let me thank everyone at the spring house and yep. everyone who came out to say hi. I got to meet a lot of listeners. It was Very a ton nice. of fun. And I won. You won. You milked the cow successfully. Well, here's you the, beat, you beat the old pro. Let's just be honest about it. I'm a horrible milker, and the cow knows it. Yeah. And every cow that I've milked, which is now like nine of them, mm. they all resent me because they know I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And it looks dangerous. If you were, it is. It, it is dangerous. The, I, I seriously, yeah. I would not want to be the, there. The first year, I wore flip flops, and I almost lost my foot. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that was the last time I did that. But um, yeah, so. I, I was feeling pretty good about the contest. You know, Pat O'Brien, the Farmer Pat, yeah, was on one side of the cow, was on the other side of the cow, yeah. and the contest was underway, and there were literally, I mean, a good, I don't know, 80 people standing around watching, <laughs> watching me do something I am horrible at. Really? And Vegas know? is laying odds. Ex- oh, Zumba. But I was feeling pretty good about it because I thought to myself, I have done this nine different times. I mean, yeah. I'm better than I was the first time. Let's hope. I was getting some milk into the bucket. I yeah. was feeling good about it. But not like Pat. Well, not like Pat because Pat's awesome and he knows what he's doing and the cow knows he knows what he's doing. Right. So uh, we were uh, maybe five seconds from the end of the contest and didn't Zumba the cow put her right hoof directly in my bucket and knock oh, it over. Mm, mm. She just knocked it over. She had enough. Because she, ha- she doesn't like me. Right. And if I were her, would I like me? Well, you know, you're a no, city slicker. I wouldn't right? like me. You're wearing earrings? I did have earrings oh, on. There, 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 I did right not there. have rings or watch. I've also learned that over okay, the years. Good, yeah. So uh, Farmer Pat, because he's kind, he just threw some of his milk from his bucket into my bucket so, that I, so that I could win. What? He's altruistic. He is. Selfless. Yeah, but I didn't really win. No, you didn't. It's always a rigged event. It isn't is. Because what do I know? Nothing. The, the reason that 80 people come to watch is because they want to see someone from the city do a bad right. job. They want to see you humiliated. Right, which I was, again. Very nice. Mm-hmm. But always the spring house. There. I love the people Excellent at the spring house. house. Marsha, all the gang there, they're mm-hmm. so wonderful. The listeners are always consistent in coming out and saying hi. Every single year, people say, where's John? Oh, do they? Every every year. But this time. But he's inside the cow. This time, the one, cow. Uh, one of our listeners came out, uh, Bob. Bob said, is New Mike here? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He said, and I said, no. And he said, now, listen, I've never seen a picture of New Mike. He said, but I, I in my head, he's like a tall, broad-shouldered fellow. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, that, no, that's not wrong. No. He's kind of small and, yeah, right. and, and sloped shoulders. I said, shoulders. Bob. 
It's not Mike. No, it's not Mike. Slope shoulders. Slope I don't think you're slope shoulders. Right? <laughs> that sounds like a tease. <laughs> anyway, uh, so thanks to everybody that I saw on Saturday. Uh, pictures of my humiliation are available nice. on all the social media platforms, so please find us there, Facebook, Excellent. Twitter, and uh, Instagram. Uh, nice. But we want to say happy birthday to someone who I really love. Oh, the train's coming. Said he's going back to find oh, oh, a simpler place in time. Oh, gonna be with him. Oh, that's great, isn't it? Gladys Knight is so terrific. Mm, she sure is. Top five favorite female vocalists of all time, in my uh, yeah, in my opinion. I'm fine with that. Oh my gosh, that's a great voice. Oh. The thing about her makes is her passion, that emotion. Whether it's a ballad or something like that. I mean, she's just, that's some funk she's got going. 75 years old today. Whoa, Gladys. Mm -hmm. So she made an appearance, was it the Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah, and she brought that national anthem. She She sure did. Didn't you love it? Yeah. And didn't she look gorgeous? She sure does. Oh, she is a lady. 75, yeah. She is a lady. What's another hit? Oh, yeah. Play another one, Mike. Great to be a pip. Oh. No, pr- what's that? The film "60 Feet from Greatness" or oh, 30 feet from yeah, six or 12 Some, feet from somewhere. Something. It's not a great. Oh, it's film. a great movie. I love that. It's all about the backup singers, right? And the pips were the ultimate backup pips singers. Were, weren't they? And, yeah, I, what I loved about the pips is you have to look good and move good. You have to move good, mm-hmm. and you have limited parts, but you have to make them count. Yeah, and they did, didn't I they? I love to be a pip. Be on your resume, I, or pip. supreme. Oh, Something yeah. like that. Wouldn't that be fun? The pips are just the pips are unique because you're used to the female backup singers. Right. The guy backup singer, totally different feel. Plus, who came up with the name? The pips. That's awesome. Yeah, we have a bird named Pip, but it's not a backup it's not, singer. It's not the same. No, it's not. Happy birthday to Gladys Knight. Very nice. Looking terrific at yep. 75. Okay, take a break. Come back. Uh, flat Earth. I'm telling you, people right? are talking about Flat Earth again. Yep, I guess How, so. What, what happened to the space photos? Didn't that kind of seal it for I good because so. we could actually see the globe coming up next don't fall off the edge WORD. What is the key to strengthening your marriage, having greater positive influence on your kids, and making your home a place of refreshment, joy, and genuine harmony? Get the answer and find the key to maintaining family unity this week as John MacArthur continues his most in-demand series, The Fulfilled Family, here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. 
I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800-671-7070. That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Things would happen in church that you weren't allowed to laugh. Word FM presents. Funny things were happening, and we had to pretend like it wasn't happening. Ladies' Night Out with writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. My sister got up and she mined to a Yolanda Adams song, and it was beautiful. It's a night out for the girls. And she was miming and she was twirling. Her wig came off. June 21st at the Bible Chapel. I have not seen the type of power or anointing that could make us forget your hairs on the floor. Get early bird admission now through May 31st at wordfn.com. always happy to have Jess Wearing with us. All the friends that we have at uh, Reasons to Believe cause us to look at science and faith issues, not as things that are oppositional, but as things that, as things that work together as they always should have been. Um, Jeff is an astrophysicist. He's a research scholar and executive director of online learning at Reasons to Believe. He's also on the part-time research faculty at UCLA. Jeff, welcome back. Hi, it's good to be here, Kathy. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, okay, so Jeff, in heaven's name, how are people still believing that God's beautiful earth is flat. You know, there, there's part of me that just wonders, how, how do you get there? But what I, what I do know that is true of almost everybody I've met who looks at this is that there's just a deep skepticism of what's going on, and they're pretty heavily able to believe in large conspiracy theories. And, you know, so there's just an abundance of data that really, you know, you got NASA and you got pictures of the Earth from space, and there's so many things that point to the Earth being a globe, but you got to be willing to look at all those as a conspiracy, and then I, I just find that more and more people are, are willing to do that, and I think that's a kind of a troubling trend in our society. It surely is. It's I can't so imagine. weird. And you would think a lot of these people who are flat earthers, in many ways, are learned people. These are not people, you know, who are yokels or anything. These are people with some serious educational background, but still, I mean, look. Look, you can see the, the photos from outer space. This is not something that's made up. Well, but see, that's what they're arguing, is that if you go through and you look, that 
basically NASA is some sort of cover-up for uh, whatever it is, and all of these photos from space, they're just recreations in a sound or, you know, a, a movie theater-type studio, and we didn't actually go to the moon. And so all of that data largely just gets kind of gets cast aside. And, and I think each person kind of views that, you know, as I've met, I've talked to a few of them, they all kind of look a little bit differently as to why they or how they think that conspiracy plays out. But if you get rid of all of that data, and, you know, then you ask the question, okay, given rid of all the obvious data, then it's actually a little bit hard to determine. And so you're, you're right, there are some very learned people, some scientists, people with uh, pretty technical backgrounds who look at this, and once you get into the conspiracy or buy into the conspiracy, it becomes a lot harder to navigate those waters. Right. I, there was an article that was written maybe three or four years ago about why we are why we in the west right now are not persuaded by evidence so this isn't a scientific question jeff this is more a philosophical question or even a sociological question but we're becoming less persuadable it's like the perhaps the internet has given us too much information and so you can pretty much find anything you want to find and so therefore if you come up with some crazy idea like one of the flatter theories i was looking at before today's show is that australia <laughs> is not actual australia is just a, an idea that was invented by the brits who took all these you know prisoners and dumped them in the ocean and let them die but it you know it's not actually a landmass I mean, it's just it's it's crazy stuff it's absolutely nuts but if you put that in online you know i don't believe in australia you're going to find other people that don't believe in Australia. And so therefore, what, we just, we don't, I'm wondering, I guess, if there's a, a lessening of our ability to believe evidence. You know, that, I think that's an interesting point. And, uh, you know, your comment about the internet, I think one of the things that I remember when I was in school was that often it was just difficult to find information. You know, you had to go to the card catalog and look up the periodical right, and right. go find it. And it was just hard to find information. Now, it's easy to find information, but it's so hard to find, to know what information is good to listen to. And so I think that does kind of play in as, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, as I've looked at the flat earth stuff, you know, you can go out and say, all right, well, there's this phenomenon, you know, it's like we could see Mount San Jacinto from 120 miles away. Um, you know, and you go in there and people would say, okay, no, this fits within, uh, you know, a spherical earth model. And then others are, give this very technical description of why it doesn't. And, you're almost kind of left having, unless you're willing to wade through a lot of details, you're kind of left having to say, okay, well, which authority do I trust? Right. And it seems like there are authorities out there on every side. And, you know, I don't think every authority is equal there, but it seems like there's a lot of people who've given contradictory information. And so you're kind of, what do you do with that if you can't wade through the details yourself? That is a challenging problem. It sure is. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't believe this to be true. But I, at least in some small way, I do get the people who are, you know, who did not believe in the Apollo moon landings. Okay. Um, yeah, you want to think that NASA documented this, that it was done in a movie set, uh, photographs were doctored or whatever. All right. I, I, I get that. But when you look at the belief of the Earth as being flat, that just flies. It just... In the in the face of ignorance, and it makes me think. What so, about Australia? Do you right. believe in Australia? <laughs> yeah. But if you if, so, then if you don't believe, if you can't believe in the moon landings, if you can't believe that the Earth is round, then when it comes to believing in the in the in the the truth of Jesus Christ walking this Earth and being the Son of God, well, then 
there's no participation in that thought at all. So I think it always goes back to a matter of belief and faith and how that works in a person's life. You know, I, th- I think it does. and I, I know for myself, I mean, as I've wrestled with various scientific issues, there, there's honestly, there's places where I get in there and I wonder, okay, is Christianity going to hold up as I wait through all of this? Uh, you know, in my idea, you know, is there going to be a beginning or, you know, th- there's various things I've wrestled with. And one of the things that has been an anchor in there is that, um, you know, as I've gone and inter- or prayed and pursued my relationship with God, there's times where I just know, I was like, I know God exists. And so, because I've experienced him. But then there's other times where, you know, I'm kind of distant and God seems a little bit aloof or I, I'm not meeting with him, but I look at it and it's like, you know, no, really, Christianity really does make the best sense of things. And so there's kind of this combination of personal experiences where I have that play into my belief that God is who he says he is. But then there's also that Christianity really does just make the best sense of the world. But I have to be willing to look at the data that's out there and agree with the best analysis of that data. And if everything's a conspiracy, that makes it very difficult to agree with that kind of data because I can't have experience that spans across everything that needs that I would need to know. Right. So it seems like the amount of information we have is making us dumber. You know, I hate to say that, but I feel like maybe when we were looking, maybe, you know, 50 years ago, when we were looking up stuff in the Encyclopedia Britannica, in some ways, I know this is this sounds like archaic, but I, I, sometimes I think we were better off just because of this strange ability of the Internet to, to bring people together who are weird. Stupid is as stupid does in, in clumps. Well, but, but it does also, it to me, gives me a glimmer of hope or, or something that's positive that I think helps me engage people. Is that one, I think one thing the Internet tends to do is that we're no longer talking about a common set of knowledge. And so how can, as a Christian, how can I go in and engage with somebody and work to bridge and say, okay, what set of knowledge are we both going to agree on as what's data or, you know, what's true out there that we need to wrestle with and agree on? And so it gives me a great opportunity to talk about Christianity in that conversation. And quite honestly, to someone who's a flat earth, typically there's often a place in there where there's been a breach of trust somewhere. And so it's not like I have to go in and convince them that the earth is round, but it gives me an opportunity to disengage. Why do you find this fascinating? What's interesting in here? What compels you? And hopefully I can get beyond the let's talk about whether this data, or, you know, whether the curvature of the earth is this much or that much to why is it that we can't agree on this when it seems like there's quite a bit of data pointing there? Mm-hmm. And hopefully get to those deeper issues, which is mm. where God should be working anyway. Right, right. That's a good point. So it's not really about the flat earth. Or it's just, it's about a, a what? A, data point. Yeah, a data point or a, or a likelihood to believe a conspiracy theory or a likelihood to not be persuaded by actual evidence. Yeah, and so, and so I've got this opportunity to go in and now talk to a person, learn their story, figure out what is important and where, where they're wrestling and what's going on, and then have a chance to speak into that. As I know theology well, I can now speak into that with what God has taught me and what he teaches through Scripture and ask, you know, how do we wrestle with this? Because right. quite honestly, not having been a conspiracy theorist, I would think living as a conspiracy theorist would be really hard because who do you know what to trust? Right. Yeah. 
Not much. I wonder, there has to be, I'm sure there's got to be a tiny, tiny percentage of people who are conspiracy theorists, who are people who belong to the Flat Earth Society, but at the same time are also committed believers. Now, I know that that's really an odd sort of throw, but there's got to be somebody out there. Well, in fact, I think there's a fair number because there's a number of people who would argue that the Bible talks that the Earth is flat. And so right. that, that's, you know, at least with that, that's an interesting kind of dialogue you can have oh, yeah. um, for, for numbers of reasons. But I think it gives an opportunity to go and say, you know, it's, it's interesting that when we look at what we find in creation, what we find in Scripture, that they actually align. But that, that argument fits much better and much more comfortably in a in a universe where I'm sure. the Earth is a sphere and where it's a few billion years old and, you know, a whole bunch of other things that go in there. So, Jeff, a few years ago, Hugh Ross was uh, in Pittsburgh, and uh, he did an event with some local college students who were part of a, an atheist society at the University of Pittsburgh and Carnegie Mellon University. And Hugh was gracious and kind, I'm sure, as you know, he is. But, you know, he... He presented the, the truth of Christianity in a very strong, whimsical way. So I'm wondering if there is something like this, you know, if members of a scientific community get together and they sit down with people from the Flat Earth Society and show them the evidence, if there is a back and forth and exchange like this. You know, I, I don't know whether that's happened. My guess is from the few people who I've interacted with who are flat earth and the, and the bit I've investigated, is it seems like by and large it is largely dismissed and, and called stupid. And so there isn't a lot of dialogue there. And yeah. so again, as a Christian, that gives me a place where it's like, okay, if other people aren't listening to you, I mean, at very minimum, God calls me to be gracious and kind and loving to everybody. So let's go in, let me engage with you and uh, you know, actually genuinely care about who you are and what, what's going on with your story. And how can we talk about who God is and how we're going to relate to him? So That's good. That's Jeff Zwierink, research scholar and executive director of online learning at Reasons to Believe and on the part-time research faculty at UCLA. He's the author of Who's Afraid of the Multiverse. Very nice. Thank you, Jeff. Take a break and come back. Uh, set the table for the 5 o'clock hour with a ride home here, the Tuesday edition. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. 
For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Fully transparent and here to help. Qualities like these make the original mattress factory unique. Come see where and how we make our mattresses and compare our products to the mainstream brands. We want to help you make an informed decision, free from hassle and confusion. So when you're ready to purchase your next mattress, come to the original mattress factory first. Whether you buy from us or not, you'll walk away better prepared to make a smart mattress choice. Stop by one of our stores or visit OriginalMattress.com. Chris Tomlin is unveiling the song, Good, Good Father. Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. In a room full of Christian music broadcasters, two elderly black women will stand out. It's Ladies Night Out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel. My mom and them have begun to do what I call a Baptocostal rock. Hey, who I am? They didn't know whether to watch Chris Tomlin or Aretha Franklin and Patti LaBelle singing in the back. Get early bird admission through May 31st at wordfm.com. At many Chick-fil-A restaurants around the country, one seat was empty over the weekend. This is an article on uh, MSN today. And it says that to honor soldiers who died while serving in the armed forces, Chick-fil-A set up missing man tables at many locations for the Memorial Day weekend. Do you know anything about this, Mike? No. It's okay. the first I've heard it. All right. It's pretty awesome. Uh, missing man tables are memorials set up in military dining facilities to honor dead, missing, or imprisoned service members. They're full of symbolic items and colors, and so they decided to do the same thing at Chick-fil-A's over the weekend. Okay, so this is what it is. Um, there's one table, and it has a white cloth on it which symbolizes the purity of their motives when answering the call to serve. Now, let me just make it clear. They're talking specifically about military members who have died, who are missing, or who are currently imprisoned. Okay? This happened yesterday? At- the weekend. Okay. The whole weekend. Anyway, the table has a white cloth on it symbolizing the purity of their motives when answering the call to serve. A single red rose, which reminds us of the lives of these Americans and their loved ones and friends who keep the faith while still seeking answers. A yellow ribbon, which symbolizes our continued uncertainty, our hope for their return, and our determination to account for them. A slice of lemon, which reminds us of their bitter fate, captured or missing in a foreign land. A pinch of salt, which symbolizes the tears of our missing and their families. A lighted candle, which reflects our hope for their return. The Bible, which represents the strength gained through faith to sustain us and those lost from our country, founded as one nation under God. One inverted glass, which symbolizes their inability to share a toast and empty chairs. Whoa, this is so cool. Yeah, so there are all of these photographs uh, from different Chick-fil-A's around the country and how they set up their missing man table. So it's not at every Chick-fil-A. It's just at... It's up to the, you know... To the, the franchise yeah, owner. the franchise, they can decide what they want to do. But it, it's a really beautiful thing. I mean, I'm looking at these photographs. Every one of them is a little different because they can arrange it however they want. Sure. But it's just it's it's really great. I love it. And is there any signage that, that says this is... They what all this... say missing man table, and it explains all the things I read. I see. So that people can see what, the, what each thing is symbolizing. That's awesome. That is awesome. So... I mean, you'd walk into a Chick-fil-A, it's busy, it's kind of loud, there are kids running around, but wouldn't that make you stop? 
Yeah. What's going on there? And just oh, yeah. think about it for a minute, which is what it's supposed to do. Right. Gosh, don't we need things that just make us stop? Yeah, that's why they put statues up in parks a hundred years ago. Yes. Right? Because we there weren't phones, there weren't a bunch of TVs, there wasn't you know, you didn't have your earbuds in. People would be walking around and that would make you stop. Yeah. And you're if you're curious, right? You're inquisitive, you want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you spend the time figuring it out by yourself, right? That's super cool. Instead of I love people that um want to investigate and want to see mm-hmm. something larger than themselves without the answer being handed to them on a platter, right? So that Memorial Day tribute, kudos to Chick-fil-A. And for anyone, Don't again, even. when the people who do this, whenever you're hating on Chick-fil-A as though it's some sort of you know crazy organization. Subversive organization which cares nothing about anything. But, hate-filled bigots. Right, but the sexual revolution. These are people, right, they're franchise just, owners. They're just running a business. Yeah. But they're doing it with great integrity, and they've got a biblical sense about them, despite what the haters say. I love it so much. Take a break. Come back to our 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about uh, people who are a little, um, what, self-possessed, mm-hmm. a little um, in the mirror, maybe, self-consciousness. Yeah, but is there a difference between being narcissistic and just being aware of yourself? Awareness is good. Narcissism is bad. Mm, yeah. The word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Vice President Mike Pence is reacting to the Supreme Court's latest abortion ruling. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. In a written statement, the vice president's office says Pence commends the Supreme Court for upholding a portion of Indiana law that safeguards that the remains of aborted babies be treated with respect and dignity. But the vice president is disappointed that the high court left a lower court ruling in place that allows abortion based on sex, race, or disability. Pence signed the measures into law when he was Indiana's governor. Greg Clugston, the White House. Meanwhile, Missouri may become the first state without an abortion clinic this Friday. Missouri officials say they're investigating a number of deficiencies in Planned Parenthood's St. Louis Clinic. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 238 points. The Nasdaq dropped 30. The S&P lower by 24. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, Hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own MyPillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a My Pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. 
Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. Do you have a special event coming up in your life? A shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods? Then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50 on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. We have a tornado watch in effect until 10 o'clock. Through this evening, there will be damaging thunderstorms in the area. Any storm can cause... High wind, large hail, and there's the threat for an isolated tornado or two as well. Late tonight, mainly cloudy, low 65. Clouds and sun for tomorrow with showers and another round of potentially severe thunderstorms during the afternoon and evening. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, guys. Coming a little bit late there, aren't we? Or early, depending on how you look at it. I guess so, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. Hey, um... Have you been to the uh, Noah's Ark? Ken Ham's Noah's Ark? No, I haven't. Out oh. in Kentucky, right? Yeah, yeah. Ark Encounter, right? Ark Encounter, yeah. Who, we know somebody who went Kenny. there. Kenny. Kenny Woods. Oh, that's right. Close to the morning show. Loved it. Fabulous. I don't know if he'd been there since the... He'd been to the museum, but I don't know if he's traveled there since the Ark was put together. Well, when you see it, it is massive, isn't it? I mean, it, it really, it's impressive. It is gigantic. It's gigantic. Out of idle curiosity, I would like to go see it. I would. Sure. I mean, why I mean, not? Um, Ride home, road trip. 
that'd be great, wouldn't it? Three of us. That would be so cool. <laughs> they wouldn't let us in. Yeah, yeah. Or Janice, they might throw us out. Janice Ian playing on the mix. <laughs> on the Paul Anka. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would like, I'd love you to go, go see You could it. do a mixtape for us. Sure. Why? What do you mean? Just for our trip. <laughs> Three of us going down to Kentucky. Oh, yeah. We're no. going to put Mike in charge of music. Well, apparently. Uh, Sometimes the, when we touch. <laughs> Stop <now. laughs> Apparently, the Ark Encounter people are suing their insurance company because there's been a water problem. Uh, now, that's deep irony. Now, the, here's the deal. <laughs> now, the secular media has taken the story, and it made it sound like the Ark Encounter itself, the Ark, you know, the the prototype or the model of the actual Noah's Ark was itself underwater. It's not surprising. But it's not. It's an access road next to Noah's Ark that apparently had... Is this the one by the potato patch? No. Here, here. <laughs> Average rains fell on the Ark Encounter, and now the park is suing its insurance company. There's um a, an access road, which is close to the Ark itself. The access road was damaged because of excess water, and the Noah's Ark people said to their insurance company, hey, uh, we want to file a claim. That made the news. Because of water damage close to okay, the so Ark Encounter. Okay, so it's not actual no, water damage not, to no. Noah's Ark. Right. So apparently now the insurance company is saying, we're not going to pay for this because of pre-existing conditions, yada, yada. A million dollars is what Ark Encounters is asking for. Mm-hmm. They apparently settled out of court to the tune of some $200,000. That's all it is. So if you hear the story, it's a lot, of, it's a lot about nothing. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it is still ironic it just is. because there's a, a flooding association with it. Right. <laughs> but you don't think it's... I mean, you know, it's it's a non-story that's been made into a story. Well, yeah. Don't you think? That happens a lot. It does. It does happen a lot. So. Okay. So, I mean, I... I you and I wouldn't... Uh, we wouldn't even notice. My, no. my guess is people wouldn't even notice, right? No, right. Well, for sure. But And you and I would ha- have not fallen on the same side of, uh, you know, creation theory as Ken Ham. But it would still be very cool to see that. I'd love to see it. I really would. It's just massive. So, yeah, why not go check it out? It would be a long drive. Where is it? Kentucky. Kentucky. Oh, yeah. I've been to Kentucky. Well, so have I, but it's still a long drive. I know, but... You've, you've been to Senegal, too, but it's a long way. Well, I know, but still. I mean, I've been to Kentucky, so why wouldn't I go back and see the... Well, Noah's I don't Ark. know. I brought up the idea of Mike coming up with a mixtape for our trip, yeah. and you didn't seem interested. I did it, not. It, no, it's nothing like the Noah's Ark in Kennywood. No, no. Yeah. Thank goodness. No. Listen, <laughs> please tell me. me it has the shaky boards. That mixtape thing that we did, uh, that uh, that thing on <laughs> on Friday, the worst songs ever. Ruined my life over the oh, weekend. That my. wasn't Friday. Well, it was Thursday, what, what wasn't they, it? Or was that Friday? I don't know when it was. It, but that Paul Anka song, <laughs> I cannot get that song out of my it's head. It's so horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't even know if it's horrible or not anymore. I just, you know, it's one of those songs that repeats. I woke up, whatever, the, the day after we did that Yeah, that I think segment. we did it Thursday. Well, then on Friday and Saturday, <laughs> I was doing yard work on Saturday, and I'm going, I'm like, you know, raking and going, heaven, my baby, what a wonderful, I'm there. I could not believe Isn't I that, texted you both and yeah, said, help me. Right. And I said, oh, we so, might not be able to recover from this. I, it's yeah. so terrible. We'll never do that segment again. Okay. <laughs> See, and you know, okay, so it's so terrible.
<laughs> it Actually, is, it's not that terrible. It, is, it, it really is, isn't. It, it is re- the worst song I've ever heard. It was the number one song in the country. It is so the worst song. It can't ever. be that. Listen, the three of us voted that it was the worst song of all time. Don't go back on it now. I'm not going back on it, but I'm just saying, you know, there's there's something that's uh, meaningful. There's a, a sweetness of the sentiment to it that the man is saying to the woman that he loves. I love you so much, and you know you're giving me this great gift. You're having my baby. I, it means yes, something, and it's the, been twisted yes. again. It's been twisted. No, it hasn't been twisted because the lines to the song say something about my seed going through you, which is not okay. That's not a song lyric. I feel like what, they can. What do you mean? That That's one of the lyrics yeah. to the song. It's also a pro-life message. Okay. He said, it is a pro-life "You could have swept my baby away, Listen, but you chose just not look, to." Because we don't like the song doesn't mean we're, you know. Pro-choice. Here. Exactly. I'm just saying that the pro-life portion, <laughs> the pro-life feeling of the song does not compensate for its tasteless lyrics. Well, i got to be honest. After I voted the song as the worst song ever, and then after singing it all weekend long, I kind of like it. I do. I kind of like the song. Oh, oh my I'm just saying. gosh. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about practicing the present, the art of being self-conscious with Dr. John Kessler from Moody Bucks. <laughs> I can see so terrible. Employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country, a plan that pays you back every year? Now, whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial, they have a custom-made plan for you. As a small business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace, and Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans, both for individuals and for businesses for years. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. So go to MarleyFG.com for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania, plans that'll save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. So give Marley a call now, 724-884-1496, or visit them online at MarleyFG.com. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. 101.5 WORD. This week on Insight for Living, Chuck Swindoll concludes his nine-part series on Jonah and then transitions to another favorite called Laugh Again. 
Show me a believer who laughs at life with a great sense of humor, and I'll show you a Christian who has no trouble convincing the people around him or her that Christ can change a life. Hear practical, biblical application from Chuck Swindoll on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Things would happen in church that you weren't allowed to laugh. Word FM presents... Funny things were happening, and we had to pretend like it wasn't happening. Ladies Night Out with writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. My sister got up and she mined to a Yolanda Adams song, and it was beautiful. It's a night out for the girls. As she was miming and she was twirling, her wig came off. June 21st at the Bible Chapel. I have not seen the type of power or anointing that could make us forget your hairs on the floor. Get early bird admission now through May 31st at wordfn.com. How self-conscious are you? When you walk into a room full of people, do you get kind of... Always. I've always been that way. That's pretty common though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we all sort of get a little tight about ourselves. But what about being introspective? Like as far as not being self-conscious about, oh my gosh, you know, or, you know, am I wearing the wrong shoes with this outfit or yeah. maybe you've never had that <laughs> gripping feel Const- like that. Constantly. I'm going... <laughs> These tennis shoes don't look great with these jeans. <laughs> I need a new pair of tennis. Hey, it's John Hall's Fashion Rules. I mean, no, I really don't think a whole lot about that. No. Um, I, That's I, a more of a girl thing, I guess. But, is, but Okay, yeah. but what about instead of self-consciousness, how comfortable are you with being introspective? Very. Are you? No. Well, yeah, well, it's a, I think I'm getting better at it the older I get. Just d- define what you would consider well, but introspective. One, one thing I never did, I never liked doing, and maybe John Kessler can suss this out for me in like a therapeutic kind of way, is I never <laughs> wrote a diary. I never wanted to keep a diary. I never wanted to write a diary because to me, it seemed like navel-gazing. Yeah, I found a diary underneath a tree <laughs> started and started reading about me. <laughs> The words you written another horrible song took me by surprise. The worst song list of all time. From well, no, no, okay, but that, okay, I know people who have who have spent decades diary writing, like right. every day. And I'm sure that that can be helpful for people. But for me, somehow in my head, mm. in my the way I look at things, I just felt like really, I'm going to sit there and write about me. Like, could I find something more self centered I could possibly do? Well, I don't think people who do that make it's about self. But that's that's what I mean. I'm not. I, maybe that means I'm not good at self introspection. Or just introspection. Maybe I just look at it. I'm afraid of it because I think it's too narcissistic. And so I don't have a healthy view of it. Okay. That's a lot to unpack Do you do a diary? No. Have you ever done it? No. You know me. No. I'm never going to do it. I believe we call it journals. Journals. Do you do journals, Mike? Have you journaled, Mike? Oh, you do journal. I used to. Uh Not as much as I used to. Did you find that it was introspective or did you find that you were just being a narcissist? Well, apparently (laughs) – I read an article that it actually actually is very helpful for you as far as uh, uh, calming you down and uh, it it improves lower heart rate. Uh, It's – it helps with uh, people that that are at high risk of heart attacks. Mm-hmm. Really? What? Yeah. Read, reading about just, yourself? Just, just, <laughs> no, just, just be able to get the thoughts writing, out? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, well, so anyway, getting back to so me. Anyway, getting back to you. <laughs> so there's some difference between being consumed with yourself 
in a narcissistic way and being introspective about you and the things that matter, I guess. I've never found that sweet spot. All right. John Kessler is with us. He wrote a piece called Practicing the Present, The Art of Being Self-Conscious. John, welcome. That's a lot to unpack there. But before we even do that, congratulations on your recent retirement. You are essentially done. You're a free agent. I am, yes. I'm just, uh, you know, I can sit on the beach all day long if it wasn't so cold and think about God. Very nice. That's wonderful, John. Congratulations. We're happy for you. Thank you. But we're but also, you guys are just mean the way you're talking about this. Mean? Writing. <laughs> well, that's the question, though. That's yeah, the question. Yeah. Like, am I wrong? I, I, I always stayed away from writing a diary because I thought it was too self-motivated. Was I wrong? No, Johnny, you're a diary wrong. writer. I, I don't think I, I don't think everybody it's for everybody. I I have a good friend who has been journaling for decades now, actually, and he and he actually keeps them and he he hopes to pass them down to his children. You know, when he goes, I myself don't keep a journal or a diary. I write books. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that seems a little. But that's the same kind of thing, you know, where I'm where I'm where I'm doing self-reflection and really trying to view my own life in light of God's Word and my experience of Him. Right. Remember back, uh, I think this was like the early 70s, there was a guy named Hugh Prather, and uh, he wrote a book called Notes to Myself. It was a big bestseller, right? And it was essentially a guy's journal, his musings, that became a, a, a big bestseller. Um, well, one of the greatest works of, of Western literature is Augustine's Confession. Oh, of course. And that really is, in essence, his own, it is, it is an extended act of self-examination, introspection, and his own kind of journal where he's thinking about himself, his past, mm-hmm. his relationship with God. It not only obviously transformed his life, but has transformed the lives of many, many other people down through the, uh, you know, for hundreds of years now. Yeah. So what do you think, John? Uh, You write about both the idea of uh, being narcissistic and being concerned about your own uh, affairs and your own self at the exclusion of others. And you also write about the importance of what you're calling self-conscious introspection. Right, and and I think that we are sort of taught not to dwell on ourselves. We first of all, some of us are by nature activists, so we just really don't want to slow down enough to do it. And others of us, I think, have been trained to think that it's really a self-centered, narcissistic way of viewing yourself. What I'm talking about is what I might describe as spirit-empowered self-consciousness. That is, I am I'm trying to find space to look at myself, to look at my the reality of my present context, directed by the truth of God's Word, and get a sense of what God is doing in my life, in the, in the now. Yes. So there, there's a self-awareness of who you are as a man, your strengths, your weaknesses, your failings, and then, in some ways, not comparing or contrasting your way to the perfection and glory of God, but giving that compare and contrast of yourself and your fallenness and your weakness and your sinfulness and looking to God for what? Um, some sort of path through that? Some, some... Not necessarily. I, I think I'm looking for the, the marks of his presence. You know, I, I think there are oh, three components good. 
in this practice of self biblically directed self consciousness. One is what could what's been described as the silent perception of reality. That is, I'm trying to be aware of things as they really are, as I am myself, mm-hmm. rather than the image I have of myself or the idealized view of myself. Coupled with that, the second thing is this matter of really being in the present. So there's an experiential component to us. You know, a lot of us are either dwelling on the future, we're trying to get ready for what hasn't happened yet, or we're dwelling on the past, we're mulling over the things that have taken place. And the present is really just sort of this way station, and we don't, we're not really in touch with it. In, in order to really be aware of what God's doing, we really do have to be connected to the present because He's only ever working in the present. Boy, John, I mean, the, that's really good because okay. now more than ever, right? Most people, I mean, I was at an event the other day, at fully 70%, 80% of the room, they were on their phones while the event was unfolding, yeah. right? So <laughs> right. We, we have lost the present. We are elsewhere now. Right, right, right. And then the third component is what I might describe as alignment. That is, I want to align my vision with God's vision. That is, I want to see myself as God sees me. There's both positive and negative to it. The negative is, I, I, I really do want to be aware of the reality of my sin, but that's because I know that God has redeemed me, that God is going to be dealing with that. I want to be aligned with whatever God is doing in my life in the, in the now, rather than always trying to uh, move towards sort of the fantasy life that I would like to have. So both a silent perception of things as they really are, the fact that I'm going to discipline myself to actually be in the present, be in the now, and then as I'm doing that, I'm trying to align myself with God, with what he's doing and recognizing that he is in the present, no matter what my circumstance is like. John Kessler is with us. His soon be his soon to be released book is called "Practicing the Present: The Neglected Art of Living in the Now." Mm-hmm. So, as we look toward uh, um, perhaps a future that's more dynamic uh, with God, and it seems to be that's one of the things that you're thinking of in this latest work that you've immersed yourself in. Um, how do you how do you balance it out? So, you know, you're newly retired, um, but you've got a lot of people in your life who depend on you. Um, how do you decide about your alone time? How do you decide on the time that you're devoting to your family? How do you decide when you're being too exclusive about your time or not exclusive enough? A lot of us, I think for most of us, the majority of those decisions are made for us, right? There, there are things that we have to do when, You know, if I have a family, there are responsibilities that I have. I I can't really just say, shut them out for, you know, go away for a week. I'm going to contemplate. So when we're talking about practicing the present, we're really, we really are talking about being realistic, uh, uh, taking these sort of, first of all, slices of time where we can begin to develop a discipline of concentrating on the present. And then I think, for the, for the majority of it, it is a matter of just simply living our lives as we normally do and, and trying to be aware of the reality of God in the now, trying to open my eyes to see what he's doing. 
So um, it's, it isn't so much that I have to go and live in a cave somewhere because that really isn't realistic for most of us. Right. But but there is an element of, of deep discipline about this, isn't it, John? Because you you we do need to be in the present. We do need to be aware of where we are in God's universe. I mean, that informs everything that's in the past and in the present. But we are so horrific at it. And I think as modern man, we're just, we become less and less inclined to be available in the moment. If not for ourselves, for those who, who, lo- who we are loved, right? For our children, right. for, our, for our spouses. Yeah, and I think it starts with the recognition that you really don't have a choice to live in the present. That's the only uh, time frame that's open to you, right? You can't go back into the past and, and relive that. You can't thrust yourself into the future. It is what, what you are looking towards as the future will only unfold for you as the present. Mm. So, so part of it really is, it's not like a magical uh, space that you create for, self, for yourself. A lot of it is acknowledging the reality that you are right now, in the presence of God, and the environment of your life as it, has, is, as it is currently unfolding, whether you love it or whether you hate it, is the context in which he will meet you. Boy, I, I wish, John, that we had some sort of, well, I, well I, we do. I mean, you know, a daily marker of prayer in our lives, right? Yeah. When you think about the nation of addicts that we have become, whether through, you know, chemical means or electronic means, we as a nation, as a people, we would prefer to be anywhere else but where we are right That's now. True. That's true. Yeah, and, and, and that is, uh, uh, it, it is a kind of a narcotic addiction that we have to avoid reality, really, uh, avoid the reality of our present. You know, when you read the Psalms, you see that this is what the psalmist is often practicing, and he doesn't ignore the past, and he doesn't dismiss the future, what he's doing is he's coming to terms with the present in light of what God has done in the past, and then he's framing his expectation of the future based on how God has dealt with him. But he realizes that it's all unfolding in the here and now for him. Hmm. Well, John, really appreciate this, and this is a window into your new uh, work, and we're excited about it. Tell me the name of the new book. It's called uh, Practicing the Present, The Neglected Art of Living in the Now, published by Moody Publishers. And it'll be, you can order, you can order it now actually on Amazon, and it'll officially be released in uh, first week of June. Good, John. Well, you know, in future conversations, I'm sure we'll revisit this. This is a necessary conversation. I really appreciate you spending the time, the scholarship, and uh, the prayer life to put this forward because, holy smokes, we are not present. So I, I really look forward to future conversations. Thanks for being with us today. All right. Happy to talk to you both. Thank you. John Kessler, Practicing the Present, the Neglected Art of Living in the Now. Hmm. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI US Mulo, 52 weeks by UPC. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now, my menopause. 
All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me, with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Ambrin. Ambrin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Ambrin is 100% drug-free, estrogen-free, and clinically tested. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amberin today. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing, but not sure which is getting you customers and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports, and instantly move your advertising to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. We have a tornado watch in effect until 10 o'clock. Through this evening, there will be damaging thunderstorms in the area. Any storm can cause high wind, large hail, and there's the threat for an isolated tornado or two as well. Late tonight, mainly cloudy, low 65. Clouds and sun for tomorrow with showers and another round of potentially severe thunderstorms during the afternoon and evening. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Hey, thanks for coming along. Ralph Cruz with us. Ralph is the Program Development Coordinator at Carnegie Science Center. And when Ralph joins us, he always has really interesting things to talk about. 
primarily we're talking about space, though, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as, is as it the ever, summer of space? Is that the rumor is I heard? the summer of space. I'm so, so excited about that. Science Center. We're getting really excited about space. We're always excited about space. Oh, but yeah. this year, in particular, um, among other things, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the launch mm-hmm. uh, and successful landing of Apollo 11. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's been 50 years uh, to exactly this summer. And nice. You know, as someone who spends a lot of time educating people in a planetarium, we show uh, shows of people going to the moon. In fact, we're making a new moon show that will be premiering mm. this summer in the planetarium. Okay. Um, and we're doing all sorts of extra stuff to celebrate outer space. Uh, we've got Skywatch programs where people can come and use a telescope on our roof. We have a huge telescope in a big rotating dome. Uh, our next Skywatch, uh, we have several throughout the summer. Our next one is on the 7th of June, which is a week okay. from Friday. Nice. Um, we have a, an 8 o'clock and a 10 o'clock session. And one of the things that I really like about doing the Skywatch uh, sessions is we also have our planetarium. So uh, I don't know if you've seen the evening conditions in Pittsburgh on average. They're, oh, they're yeah. the worst. <laughs> Not a lot of stars no. every time. Now, no. often we do get it, and we've got some good stuff to look at, especially uh, in June. We'll have both Jupiter and Saturn. Uh, but if for some reason it's cloudy or rainy or you know, just Pittsburgh out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have our planetarium where we can uh, fly around the universe. And nice. So the weather's always good as long as we want it to be. Mm-hmm. There. Okay, so when you bring up, like, the moon landing. Now, I was yes. a kid in 1969, so I saw the moon landing live. Now, when you talk about that today, yes. you know, people who were not there, who were, you know, post-moon landing, born after 1969, do they kind of shrug their shoulders because it's what they grew up with? To me, it was like the miracle of miracles. I remember being a kid, looking at the moon, going, "I can't believe the guys are actually walking up there right now." Yeah, the 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 experience I have is the more familiar with it someone is, the more impressed they are mm-hmm. by it. Mm-hmm. So often, so the more information they have, mm-hmm. the more they think, "Wow, that is an unbelievable thing that yeah, they did." The more it's such an incredible story. The more you dig into it, the the more layers you expose. What an incredible achievement it is! How far they had to go, the risks, uh, the science, the math, the, the technology. Yeah, it's really a remarkable story. So sometimes someone may come into the planetarium and, and have that sort of ho-hum attitude about it. But if, if we can sit down and talk a little bit and talk about all the stuff that went into getting Apollo 11 to yeah, land yeah, yeah. On, uh, on the moon, you know, I, I find people really start to respond. I mean, and it's got something for everybody, you know, b- between the Saturn V rocket, which is the largest, most powerful vehicle ever made. It's unbelievable. Now, when uh, you saw that in person the first time? Did yes. you lose your mind? When I saw it the first time, I should say, I could not get over the size of it. Yeah. It's a Titanic rocket. It's oh. so shockingly yeah, enormous. I, I was in Huntsville, Alabama in oh. uh, November uh, last year, and that's like Rocket City, right? That's where they built the Saturn mm. V, and they, have, they actually have one upright there still. You can see it as if it was about to launch. The no kidding. Moon. Really? A full yeah. rocket. Yeah. Uh, it's oh not my fueled gosh. up. Yeah. Right. yeah, that's a relief, actually. Uh, but it, yeah, it is, uh, man, it's it's a, like a skyscraper. Can you stand next to it? Yeah, yeah, you can stand right next to it. Oh, that is super no, cool. No, I saw it in Houston. It's on its side mm-hmm. at okay. the at the NASA uh, setup there. I forget what it's called. At that's, I think, Johnson Space. Is that Johnson? Is, yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's just just seeing the the bottom of it mm-hmm. is just, I, I, I could not believe it. Yeah, it's a pretty spectacular thing. And to imagine of all that, like most of that, the size of the whole thing is all just fuel to get to the moon. About 95% of the mass of the Saturn V was just fuel to get to the moon. In order to get that far, to get that that far away from Break the, the bounds of gravity. That's right. That, it takes an enormous amount of energy to do that. So there's a, 
a new film out, right? Have you seen this, the Apollo yeah, 11 film? Yeah, not only uh, have I seen it, we've got it at the Science Center. Right now. That's right. In yeah. high... What, what, what? So it's it's in 4K, it's 70 feet wide. Uh, it's it's the largest movie screen in Pittsburgh. It's If you haven't seen... I've seen uh, it twice. Yeah, we'll come see it a third time. I think I will, seriously. It's, yeah. The opening shots of that, I mean, the whole thing is done so well, but whenever they show the liftoff itself and the mm-hmm. actual fire from the explosion of the liftoff... Yeah. Oh, it's it's it just shakes you to your core, it's you know. Sh- and you, well, and it, sh- it apparently it shook the whole launch pad too. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty violent event, but it's it's really stunning, and it's uh, to me it's just a remarkable feat that that ever has worked. You know, the amount of engineering that has to go just right for that to work well, everything yeah. all the way through, and there yeah. was. Okay, how long does the science center have that? Uh, we'll be playing Apollo 11 at least through the end of July. And oh, we may that's get terrific. Go see it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Oh, you Gotta should go see, see it. it. That's right. And, and all sorts of uh, extra moon activities. We act, we actually, on um, on Mondays throughout the summer, when it's visible, we'll be observing the moon, uh, even in the daytime. You know, you may have noticed, sometimes you can see yeah. the moon. And we've got all these big telescopes at the Science Center, so we figure, why not on Mondays, which are named for the moon in the first place. Um, that's right. What, Monday, Monday is, is moon, moon day? day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 like you're nodding like everybody knows this. I'm the yeah. only one who didn't know. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. You'll never guess what Sunday is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which we actually do. We do solar observing on Sunday. Every month too. I'm going to get this, huh? <laughs> we need to take a quick break, okay? Ralph Cruz with us from the Carnegie Science Center. We're talking about the moon, the stars, and all that. Stick around. WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Now, the Word of God is his written revelation of his message to mankind. And the primary way in which God speaks to us is through his Word. Well, how is he going to speak to us through his Word? Only if I am willing to spend time meditating upon the Word. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Hey, Grandma and Grandpa. When you retire, will you take me to Disney World? Can we go to a movie? Grandma, can you teach me how to knit? Grandpa, will you throw the baseball around with me? They won't always be so little. Make sure you plan now so you can start making more memories. Because big or small, those moments matter. They are what you've worked your entire life for, and they just might turn out to be some of the best moments of your life and theirs. I'm Kurt Kenotic, CEO and Financial Advisor at Accurate Solutions Group. Call our team to start your personalized income plan for your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. At Accurate Solutions Group, we help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. We do the planning so you can make the memories. 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parents and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. 
This is the Entertainment Answer. The live-action Aladdin is in theaters, and director Guy Ritchie talks about the big-screen experience. Inherent within the DNA of Aladdin is a cinema experience rather than to a home cinema experience. It's too big a premise and too exotic a premise. In order to fully appreciate that, it's a big-screen experience. In a time where there's a polarization between big-screen and small-screen experiences. Aladdin rated PG. For this Entertainment Answer, I'm Matt Mungle. Guess what? Right now is the perfect time to tackle those home projects you've been putting off. So come summertime, you can just sit back and relax. HomeAdvisor can help get you started. HomeAdvisor matches you to the right pro for the job in seconds. You can read reviews and even book appointments online. HomeAdvisor can help with any home project, big or small, painting, plumbing, even remodeling. Find a great pro now before the busy season hits. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app. HomeAdvisor. Sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. 50 years ago this year. I mean, it's hard to believe, if you were alive then, what a monumental achievement it was for the United States of America. I have to laugh because, you know, now when you see, like, you know, the Chinese or the Indians, super excited, we're going to go to the moon. They're so far behind us, but we've kind of let our space program fall by the wayside, although it's maybe back on the track a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so there are some interesting uh, programs, both NASA programs, which ultimately should be getting to the moon within just a few years. Yeah, I mean, we're, NASA. I was actually I got to visit NASA headquarters not that long ago. That's cool. And uh, that must were, have been such a geek I, out for yeah, you. I had to contain myself. I bet you did. But inside, I was flipping out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I expect to see NASA on the moon within another maybe three or four years. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and then there's also a private company in Pittsburgh, uh, an aerospace company. A lot of people right. don't know about these yeah. guys. They're called Astrobotic. Um, they're in the Strip District, uh, uh, and they are um, building – they like to call it like a delivery truck to the moon. Cool. They're basically the system that they'll be shipping things to the moon. They're actually um, going to – the CEO of Astrobotic is giving a, a talk at the Science Center in the, on the first Monday of July, which is the, the month of the anniversary of the moon launch, which I think oh, is kind of cool. Yeah. Great timing to have them come down. Um, and, Boy, that, and you think that guy is the heir – to the legacy of those men and women yeah. who worked all those right. days and hours mm-hmm. and years. Well, look at Pittsburgh. To- Pittsburgh was a major part of the mm-hmm. space program. Rockwell International, based in Edgewood, of all places, mm-hmm. they were the ones who really built the spacecraft. Westinghouse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, and there's so much engineering, uh, metallurgical research that went on here. Without Pittsburgh, uh, NASA and the, the Apollo missions and the Mercury missions before them and all, all of that, it, you know, it looks completely different. It may not have happened at all. Right. Um, okay, so when you came in, Ralph, I told you that we, we had a segment in our 4 o'clock hour, and if you missed any of that, you can find us on our website, johnandkathyshow.com or on iTunes, um, where we talked about the strange reemergence of the flat earth theory. And <laughs> People, I, people. I, it's, it is so odd to me, but, I, but I, you know, I asked our guest, we had a, an astrophysicist on, but I'll ask you the same thing. And it's not a scientific question. It's more of a... I don't know if it's an anthropological question mm-hmm. or or psychology or sociology or what it is. Why we are getting harder to persuade with evidence now? 
Well, that's a good question. I wish I knew more about that. First of all, with the Flat Earthers, I like to believe, I I still have some faith in humanity, um, and I like to believe a lot of them are just messing with people. You think? It's got to be. It doesn't seem... Like there's so much evidence that the Earth is round. It's not that it's really not hard to. There's a million right. different ways. But they're to all prove saying it. conspiracy, right? The government's putting this on us, or the world community, right? And I think some of these people are just egging on the mm. edge cases. There, at least I hope I believe that. Um, and then you know, I actually wonder. I, I think it may be that in some ways we're just seeing fringe people more clearly I than before so because true. they have a mouthpiece mm. more than they used right. to. Right before they were it, you know, somewhere. It, like in in the seventies, you might have like a crazy uncle living in a van uh, that believed that sort of thing. But if you weren't in that van, you didn't know. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, Chris today, Farley. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> no, I knew Mike was thinking of Chris. I know. Farley. I had to. Re- I had to restrain myself. I was like, "Don't sit down by the rivers." <laughs> Although in this area, there's a you lot of rivers. Sure. Um, but but now anyone with an internet connection, which is everyone pretty right. much, can can really get out there and have a voice. Have a voice, which in overall I think is a good thing. Uh, but I, uh, it leads to I think a little bit of a higher prevalence, or just a, it's easier to notice things like the flat earther movement, right. Right. the crackpots among us. Right. All right. Talk about Cafe Sci. So Cafe Sci. This is the same lecture series that uh, John Thornton, the CEO of Astrobotic, is doing in in July. Um, this happens once a month. It's a science lecture series that I host at the Science Center, uh, and we have completely different uh, speakers. Every every month, I, I'm this is one of my favorite things to do. I, I search for the coolest scientist people I can find and convince them to come and give a talk. Nice. Um, our, our June uh, speaker is a really remarkable guy. His name is Isaac Arthur. He has a channel on YouTube with nearly a million subscribers. It's this big deal um, guy, and he focuses on astrophysics and very, very long-term futurism. So he likes to – he does videos on things like – could, could human beings in the very billions and billions of years in the future, could they somehow survive in orbit around a black hole by harvesting energy from the Hawking radiation coming off of that black hole? Wow, that's cool. This is some really high-level stuff, but it's also really fun, and it's this combination of um, really um, cutting-edge physics and, and understanding cosmology in a very real way, and then this sort of creative... Um, imagination. Imagination, and there's almost a storytelling to it that makes it uh, really compelling, mm. and it's fun, and it's just... Um, you know, even as a kid, I had this sense of wonder. I was like, what would happen if, you know, X, Y, Z? What yeah. would happen if I lived around a black hole? Right. Well, this guy actually spends the time to really answer those way out there questions. And uh, you can come. It's a free program. Uh, it is on uh, the first Monday of June. And uh, it starts, uh, the doors open at 6 o'clock. People uh, can, there's food and drinks for sale at that time. And then at 7 o'clock, the, the talk starts. And uh, So what's the date of the next one again? So it's the first Monday, which I believe is the 3rd okay. of June. I see. Yeah. Got it. So because the topics are kind of trippy, kids ages what? Well, anyone can come. So it is typically aimed more at adults. Uh, like you can expect adult level programming as far okay. as scientists. Like they can get pretty technical, which actually is some of the appeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people think the science center is just for kids, and that is not the case right, at right. all. Um, however, 
uh, we do get kids that come to these. And if you have a kid who's like way into space, yeah. bring them to this. This is because not only did they get to hear a talk in person with this sort of scientist celebrity, uh, they'll get to interact with them. There's a question session at the end where the it's audience great asks idea. questions. And so they uh, see adults that. wrestling with these questions together. Yeah. 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 And, we, and they go back and forth and they get into some really, I mean, you can ask really technical questions because this guy's an expert. And, uh, and, we, and we have totally different topics, right? So if black holes aren't your thing or moon robots aren't your thing, we also have biochemists or paleontologists. We had one uh, several months ago that was all about salamanders. <laughs> um, so it really it runs the gamut. And it's a really fun program. It's one of my favorite things that we get to do. I love, I, I, and it's free. I it's and it's free, yeah. I have to get to that. So speaking of that, last time you were here, Ralph, you talked about the expanding universe. Yes. And I bring this up because this idea has engendered so much conversation in my family because mm-hmm. I think that idea is so fascinating. So you were talking about the fact that the we, we know that the universe is expanding. Right. But what I didn't know, which you told us last time, is that the rate at which it's expanding is increasing. Is increasing, yeah. So the, the rate of expansion of the universe is increasing and accelerating, which is somewhat surprising. And the, the results that that showed that first started being released in the, in the 1990s and have become more and more accepted. And now, uh, not only do we understand that that is certainly the case, there's a, lo- there's a lot of independent lines of evidence for that, but we also see uh, that as sort of the basis for dark energy, which... It's very mysterious stuff, but there's there's something that's giving this oomph to to sort of increase the speed of this acceleration. Um, and and dark energy is one of the big, huge questions in cosmology now. And the reason it was a story that we talked about uh, last time I was here is that not only is the rate at, of expansion increasing, the rate of the rate of expansion is increasing. So mm-hmm. um, so it's it's like someone not only is someone pushing the gas pedal but they keep pushing it harder and harder and harder, mm-hmm. uh, and that something which, which, is uh, this dark energy right, and, we know almost nothing about. Right, it. and so the yeah. reason that this that I, I brought it up when you were talking about Cafe Sci is that you can't look at a fact like that in exclusion. You can't just look at it in a cosmological way. You, it brings up questions about about creation. It brings up mm-hmm. questions about the future. Yeah. It brings yeah. up questions so how do you frame it? About the, right. And so ha- being able to discuss that mm-hmm. in a format with someone who's a professional, I think is an unbelievable opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's a really special opportunity. We had a dark matter expert, for instance, come in um, uh, maybe a year and a half ago and people were able to, he, you know, he's a, a PhD, CMU, astrophysicist, like brilliant guy and people could come and have like a, a sit down conversation with him and they'd talk to him they'd ask him questions about the nature of the universe and he would respond not just with philosophical arguments but with you know he had like here's this graph of data that we've seen that we've observed using these techniques of these galaxies displaying this behavior which indicates you know the presence of dark matter or the presence of dark energy or the expansion of the universe um, and it's I think it's a really special opportunity for That's people fabulous. to come. Wow. Okay, so every month then, right? Yes, the first Monday of every month. Nice. Um, and you can check out our website. Uh, if you go to CarnegieScienceCenter.org and click on programs, you'll see Cafe Scientifique listed there. Um, and you can see what the, the next month's program is going to be. Um, and it do it, when you do, if you decide to come, we do ask that people RSVP because it's a free program. Sometimes we actually get fairly large attendance, mm-hmm. and we want to make sure we – 
know how many people to expect and if we we actually can sell out occasionally which is also really fun to have a packed house of people who are all who care that much about something geek overload right Right. holy heck yeah i'm excited to see the speaker but i'm also excited to see a room of hundreds of people who are all just so hungry for science that's super Mm -hmm. cool yeah ralph cruz with us from the carnegie science center we're going to step away for a minute stick around with us My papa, to me you are so wonderful. Oh, my papa, to me you are so good. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse. I'm a little biased, but I think we five minor kids got the best dad around. Let's celebrate those special men in our lives with a Springhouse Father's Day steak fry and chicken barbecue. My brother Sam and his boys will crank up the barbecue pit outside and grill the chicken quarters and the New York strip steaks with our special Father's Day marinade. Come hungry for all the fixins to go with your steak or chicken hot off the pit. Top off the meal with a brownie or blondie, something to suit every dad's taste, or any of our other sweet creations. Of course, every dad is treated to a Springhouse ice cream cone, and we'll have live music all day, too. Visit the calves out in the play area and plan to have a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339, or springhousemarket.com. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, Hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow? And let us know what you think. I'm skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own, my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of my pillows premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at mypillow.com or call 800 391 Use promo code WORD. Introducing the new $5 Biggie Bag from Wendy's. It comes with a new bacon double stack made with a quarter pound of fresh, never frozen beef and topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon, plus four nuggets, fries, and a drink all for just five bucks. That's right, just $5. The new $5 Biggie Bag from Wendy's is everything you could ever want. Well, at least for lunch. Try Wendy's new $5 Biggie Bag today. Biggie Bag includes four-piece nuggets, small fries, and a small drink. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Approximate weight before cooking. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. Hey, Pennsylvania. Need collector car insurance? Only Haggerty has the expertise and passion to protect your car. Quote at Haggerty.com slash east or with your local agent. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. I'll write the email. I might, John. (laughs) 
from one of the jewels of the uh, scientific community here in the city of Pittsburgh. Ralph Crew joins us from the Carnegie Science Center. Ralph, so we've been talking in the last segment about um, the expansion of the universe, right? Yeah. Black matter and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone wants to talk about yeah, so the reverse we, we, we had a question from one of our listeners, um, and the question is this. Um, can you reverse the expansion model to determine how old the universe is? Yes. Can you work it backwards? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. So that is a thing, and that's that's one of the methods that people use to try and figure out how old the universe um, is. And when we do that, the, the numbers that are, are really accepted right now um, are actually in flux a little bit because that – that so – Traditionally, um, over the last several years, people agree on a number around 13.7, 13.8 billion years for mm-hmm. the age of the universe. That actually might be a little high. The universe may be younger than that. We've th- This evidence that um, the acceleration of the universe is itself also accelerating um, b- by this measurement called the Hubble constant, which yes. is named after the famous um, astrophysicist Edward, um, Edwin Hubble. Anyway, uh, what that tells us is that the universe got to the size it is now probably faster than we thought. So the universe likely is a little bit younger, probably only 12 and a half billion years. Oh, it's mm-hmm. much younger than we thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, well, it is significant. Uh, but it's still also, it is so hard to imagine these timescales. What does that number even you know, mean? When I, when I say these words, people nod and they're like, okay, but... Can you imagine no. a billion years no. alone, let alone... No. No, I mean, I can't even really imagine a hundred years. Right. right. So, um, a and billion? One, a billion is... Uh, one of my favorite ways to describe this to people is, is if we break it down and think of it in much smaller units of time, uh, for instance, a million seconds is 11 days, a billion seconds is 31 years. <gasps> wow. And tr- really? And a, a trillion seconds is 30,000 years. So a trillion you, seconds yeah, yeah. is 30,000 years. Yeah, longer than recorded history by several times. Yeah, Holy smokes. It's making our national debt sound worse. <laughs> I actually had a party when I turned a billion seconds old. And anyone who's <laughs> listening out there who's in the early part of being 31... You can go, you can look online, you can just Google how many how many seconds is a billion seconds after your birthday, and you can figure it out. Really? Your own billion did seconds you count down? Yeah, we did. We did have a countdown at a big party. Well, You my, are a super geek. Well, my the other problem, my birthday, my actual birthday is uh, Christmas Eve, so I can never really have oh, a big birthday. Oh, that's, that's sad for you. So I was like, i got to find some way to do something. And, Shake my, it up. and my billion seconds came in September. Oh. Perfect. Oh, that is super cool. Great weather. We had a fire in the back. Wait, so you knew the the date and the time, the the essential time when you were born? Yeah. Well, down to about the minute. Okay, that's pretty close. And that's all you really need. I mean, because, you know, like, well, the party's going to be more than a minute long. (laughs) (laughs) If it's a good party. Ideally, if it's. Stick around, yeah. Ralph, it's always a pleasure. Listen, uh, we've only got a few seconds left, but people are so interested. Um, talk about the Carnegie Science Center, hours of operation, all that. Yeah, well, we're open seven days a week. We've got all sorts of cool stuff coming. Uh, we actually have our Da Vinci exhibit, by the way, if you want to go back a few hundred years and see this brilliant genius. Uh, come check us out. Uh, check our website, CarnegieScienceCenter.org, to learn more. Very nice. Ralph Crew, Carnegie Science Center, seconds to billions of years. Listen, uh, we're podcasting. Yeah, find us on iTunes and our website, johnnycathyshow.com. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.